0: Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group. I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art, make it your masterpiece. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Lavender Lifestyle. It's Eileen. So, you know that Lavender is all about creating your dream life. Well, a big part of that is creating your dream career. So, with us today is Lauren Berger. Lauren Berger is also known as the Intern Queen. She's CEO of internqueen.com. She's a career and internship expert helping students land the jobs and internships of their dreams. So, we're going to talk all about how to get your dream internship, dream job, interviewing tips, networking tips, time management tips, basically everything you need to know to pursue that dream career that you want. I've also had Lauren on the podcast before. If you go all the way back to episode 21, you'll find our first interview. So this is our second interview, but I think this one goes more in depth with all these career tips. So hope you enjoy it, guys! Hi, Lauren. Welcome back to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I know. So good to have you on again. So I want you to kind of refresh everyone's minds and briefly share your story. So how did you become a top career and internship expert? Ah, great question. You know...
1: (laughs) When I started Intern Queen, I had 15 internships that I had successfully completed in college. And while I wasn't an expert per se, I certainly had a lot of experiences that I wanted to share with people from everywhere about how I did these internships and what I learned from them, what I did right, what I did wrong. And so here we are, you know, several years later, I now sit uniquely in the middle of the internship equation. I'm not just talking to students, but I'm also talking to parents and professors
0: and mm-hmm. employers and just everybody involved. Wow. Yeah. Can you go into that? Like, I'm curious, what do you do in your job on like a normal basis? My
1: job is different every day, but you know, my job is, is kind of twofold because on one side, I'm the quote unquote talent, right? I'm the career expert. I'm the intern queen. Mm -hmm. I'm essentially the voice behind the look and feel and the content of our website. And then the other part of my job is that I'm CEO of a growing business. So my job is to run the ship. I oversee 14 team members on a day-to-day at intern queen. So we've grown pretty, pretty quickly. And I have to, you know, jump wow. in when the ship is sinking, I have to motivate the uh, people that work on the ship. And, yeah. you know, I just have to make sure that everything is, is running uh, correctly, which, you know, it's, it's hard to run a business. It's not easy. So I kind of split my time between contributing the content and again, being that voice behind the
0: brand, but then also <laughs> playing the role of the CEO. That's super cool. I think what you're doing is amazing. So how did you discover you were really passionate about helping students find internships and jobs in the first place? Yeah,
1: I discovered I was passionate about internships after doing so many of them and really feeling like I had my light bulb moment, which sounds very cliche, but it's true. At my first internship, I went from being a college student who wasn't very motivated, was only thinking about cute boys and college parties and joining a sorority to someone who was obsessed with their career. And that first internship, again, is really what I accredit my motivation to. And, you know, my motivation, that's what that's what helps me build this thing. So um, that's where I really realized I was passionate about it was when
0: I saw how life changing that first internship was. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that you didn't jump into Intern Queen after graduating, like you actually worked a couple jobs, right?
1: I had one job after graduation, yes. So I Mm. graduated college from the University of Central Florida, go Knights in Orlando, (laughs) and um, I'm originally from Florida. I immediately after graduation moved across the country to Los Angeles, where I live today, and I didn't have any money to start my own business. I asked my parents for money. They said no, and so I had to find a job, and my first job was at Creative Artist Agency, CAA, the massive talent agency. I was an assistant there for two years and, you know, it, it was difficult because I had a very cool, glamorous job, yet I wasn't passionate about it. Yeah. And that was a situation that I, su- mm. I was surprised to be in. I never thought that I would be at such a cool place yeah. and physically be there, but not mentally be there. And so I I did start Intern Queen in 2009 after leaving my job, and I had $5,000 of savings. Wow. But you've never looked back. (laughs) I really never looked back. And people always ask, you know, what was your plan B? I don't know if I was just young and not thinking that much, but I really didn't have a plan B. It was just move forward, move forward, move forward.
0: No, I think that's awesome because I think I hear when you're doing a business, sometimes it's better to not have a plan B and go all in on plan A, even though it's very risky. But if it's something you're genuinely passionate about, it's worth it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so let's move on to some career tips because I'm sure our listeners are all curious about your knowledge. So walk us through the important tips to finding and getting one's dream, like internship or job. Yeah, so I think um,
1: in terms of important tips, um, when it comes to getting an internship or job, and I think the advice is pretty transferable. Number one is you have to put yourself out there. And that doesn't mean apply Mm -hmm. for one job. It means apply for several internships and apply for several different jobs. And, you know, tip number two, continue to apply because again, you you can't put all of your eggs in one basket and you're probably not going to get the first thing you apply for. Tip number three, would be utilize networks like your school alumni or LinkedIn to try to connect with people who can go to bat for you, people who can put in an extra call or who can put in an email or who might know somebody who knows somebody. Um, Tip number four would be take advantage of your resources. In college, not only do you have the Career Center whose you know job it is essentially to get you a job after college, but you also have great speaker series and networking events and all kinds of things that you can be attending where you can meet professional contacts who could change the course of your career. Mm -hmm. So I think by following those steps, you're going to ensure that you land something.
0: I think one of the more important things to note is that it's okay to be creative in terms of like meeting the right person to get you that job, you know, instead of just like submitting your resume, I think, like going to those panels where someone is speaking from that company or things like that. I mean, do you have any creative or interesting stories of how students have gotten their dream job or internship? Huh.
1: That's a good question. Let me think. You know, I remember hearing about something a couple years ago. Um, a student wrote me and he said that I think he interned at Complex Magazine mm-hmm. and he tweeted the editor-in-chief and yeah. just said, hi, I'm a big fan. I'd really love to be your intern. And you know, through one thing or another, you know, the connection was made. I remember like two years ago, um, Patty Stanger, uh, you know, the millionaire matchmaker, Mm -hmm. I follow her because I think she's cool. (laughs) And um, I saw that she had posted something about needing interns so I reached out to her, not as a potential intern, but as someone who could potentially help her yeah. find interns. Yeah, and like, sure enough, within two days, they posted internships on our website. So oh, cool. I think with both of those stories, the moral of the story is reach out, and the worst thing someone's going to do is ignore you or say no.
0: Yeah, like I think people forget that everyone is on Twitter or LinkedIn or these social media sites, and it sometimes it's okay to like send them a message, like if it's like just a tweet, you know, like hey, I, I admire what you. Do just to like just so that th- that person knows who you are and notices you right
1: I I totally agree reaching out is never a bad thing put yourself out there mm-hmm. tell people what you want to do
0: yeah. Now, what about interviews? Like, what makes a really great interview versus a not-so-great interview? Because I know a lot of people, if they don't have that much experience doing interviews, it's, it's hard to know, like, should you be super honest about not having experience? Or like, what tips do you have for people like that?
1: I think in an interview, you want to be honest, but you always want to spin it, and you always want to sell yourself. So you don't want to lead with the fact that you have no experience or you're a freshman or whatever the reasons are mm-hmm. that someone shouldn't hire you. You should really lead an interview with why someone should hire you. So it's okay to talk about some sort of you know mm-hmm. I, I'm a freshman. I know you typically I know you typically look for seniors but I'm involved with this, this, this and this on campus. And that's what makes me the best fit for your organization. So it's a matter of taking what might not be the best fit and kind of spinning it into a positive. So that's what really should be done in the interview. And then in terms of a few other internship tips, something I've seen people do recently during interviews is kind of put their foot in their mouth, the employer will try to throw them off by saying something like, is there anything you don't want to do? And they'll say social media or they'll say something that's part of the job. Mm. So make sure that you're really reading the job description and you're doing your research and you know about the company okay. because you don't want to put your foot in your mouth. Right. And then the other thing is that, uh, you know, during an interview and I've exp- we're hiring, so I've experienced this a lot lately. As an employer, I know there's always going to be a disconnect. I can tell someone all day what the position is, whether it's the internship or the job. But, you know, in an interview, you're nervous, you're a little bit glazed over, like you're not going to receive the information in the same way the employer is, is kind of spouting it out. Um, So the best thing that you can do is ask questions at the end of the interview. And again, from the employer's perspective, Mm -hmm. it's so important for me to feel like someone leaves the interview having a great understanding of what the role is. So a great question to ask is, What are the challenges of this position? It's basically a way to ask Mm -hmm. what's not so great about working at this company. And I love telling people that because I want them Mm, to know both the pros and the cons before they come on board. Another great question is, can you describe a day in the life of an assistant at your company or an intern at your company or whatever it might be? So those are some questions. I get very nervous when people say they have no questions. Mm -hmm. It's almost a reason why I don't hire people.
0: Oh, That's a really great tip because I've always, like, I've never known what to ask. I just come up with random questions, but those are really great questions. So, what is the most challenging part of the job? And can you show me the day in the life of the job? Yep. Cool. So what about switching careers? Because I know some of our listeners are maybe older or they have their first or second job and maybe it's not what they're super passionate about doing. Similar to what you said about your first job. I'm sure everyone can relate to this. Like working a job that you don't feel completely aligned in. So how do you like switch careers or jump to another industry And do that successfully, because that's kind of a tricky situation.
1: Jumping, yeah, jumping careers is definitely a tricky situation. And a lot of times when people go to jump careers, there's a lot of like outside pressures involved, whether that's family that you're supporting Mm -hmm. or finances or whatever it might be. My biggest piece of advice would be setting informational interviews with people who have those jobs not only for networking purposes and maybe because they're hiring or they know somebody who's hiring, but also so that you can really get an understanding of what these people do on a day-to-day. I think it's, you know, the grass is always greener. It's easy to sit in one job and say, Ooh, I'd love to be doing what so-and-so is doing. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you don't understand, you know, the depth of that position. Like for example, one of my best friends works in comedy development at one of the big networks. Mm. And so many people hear about that and they're like, Oh my God, that's the dream job. And and um it is, you know, but yeah. there's a lot that goes into that. Like I always say to people, Well, do you wanna be sitting on a set outside in the pouring rain and mm. freezing Pasadena <laughs> until five in the morning? I don't know, but that's part of that job. Yeah. So it's just You know, I think it's important to sit down and really understand the day-to-day of a specific job before you
0: decide to jump careers. Yeah, that's a really good piece of advice because every single job has its good and its bad. Like you said, you have to know what the challenges are. Even like my job, I I would consider it a dream job. Being an influencer, YouTuber, or a content creator, it is a dream job, but obviously it comes with like its own challenges and its own hardships and everything does. And I think it's a matter of like asking Asking yourself, Are you willing to go through that part, the challenging part, in order to do that job? Because you have to be willing. Right, right, right. And
1: you know that doing what you do too, like there's obviously some really cool glamorous mm-hmm. stuff and some perks and all of that, but it's also a lot of work yeah. you know, that you do. So there's two sides to it.
0: Yeah, I think it's just a matter of finding out whether you're willing to do those. I mean, Elizabeth Gilbert calls it a shit sandwich in her, her book. Like every every job comes with its own shit sandwich because everything has like a, a hard reality to it. Like I used to, in the past, like after I graduated college, I was pursuing music and like I started performing in like local gigs in LA, but I realized that if I wanted to continue pursuing it, like if I were to make it bigger, I would have to tour like nationwide. And I actually don't like riding in a bus and, you know, what I mean, like packing your stuff moving from place to place. So that's something that it could be someone else's dream situation, but it wasn't mine. So that's what made me not go through with that yeah. along with other reasons. But you, you know what I mean? Sometimes you don't know the reality of a job until you live it and test it out.
1: Exactly. Right. And going back to my first job after college that we talked about, that was the problem. Yeah. I was at yeah. Creative artist agency, the coolest company in LA, you know, and my job was to put Mm -hmm. or my boss's job was to put actors into movies. And that is a really cool job. But I didn't Mm want to go home every weekend and read movie scripts. And I didn't really care who was cast as the lead actress in a movie. You know, it wasn't something I was passionate about. And like you said, I didn't
0: want to do that kind of work. So yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. So I think ultimately, people are always curious about other careers, but you either have to talk to people who actually work that job, or even like start to try it yourself before you find out whether it's for you or not for you. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about networking, because that's one of my weaknesses. (laughs) And I'm sure a lot of people struggle with that, because it's just awkward. So what are your tips on networking? Yeah, and I mean, just to kind of comment on
1: what you said, I think that, you know, networking at... In, in some ways, I'm a great networker. I always am putting mm-hmm. myself out there, pitching myself to strangers. You know, for the most part, I'm not afraid to walk up to people and tell them what I do and so forth. But then on the other side, you know, do I go to networking events? Eh, eh, you know,
0: yeah. Really. <laughs> is it rather, a waste of time or is it worth your time? Yeah. I mean, I'd rather
1: go home and like be comfortable and like watch Netflix, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So, I think I think we all have our strengths and weaknesses when it comes to networking, and it is important to find yeah. the balance. I think I put one. Of, so I, I have two books out: "All Work No Pays" my internship book, and "Welcome to the Real World" is my career book. And I just finished writing mm-hmm. a third book that I'll have to tell you about. It doesn't come out until October, but <gasps> oh my I think nice. in the second book, "Welcome to the Real World," I talk about the fact that when I first started, intern queen. I had come from CAA and I felt like in order to be successful, you had to have a breakfast, lunch, dinner, and coffee meeting every day. Because at CAA, that's kind of the way. It's all the meetings all day. So I I did that when I started Intern Queen. I had meetings all day with anybody that would meet with me, really. And I think the outcome of that was I got really fat. (laughs) I didn't have any money. I was like falling asleep during dinner conversations. And you know, I really felt like I didn't gain anything from it at the end of the day. Wow. And so, you know, years later, I think it's about finding a balance, right? Like I mm-hmm. usually prefer to do coffee meetings instead of, you know, long lunches with people because the mm-hmm. reality is when you live in a place like LA, you want to go meet with someone, great, it's going to take 3 hours out of yeah, your day if it it's really on the does. Other side of town. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I think it's a matter of finding the balance and for me, I need to be working, you know, I need Mm -hmm. to be sitting at my computer working, that's usually where I'm the most valuable. So unless I have like a a direct reason or agenda, or maybe it's a family friend, or I'm doing someone a favor, I'm a little bit less likely to just like jump out of my seat to go meet someone these days. Mm -hmm. Um, So you know, I think it's a matter of figuring out like, what can you you know, what are you trying to get out of a certain relationship? And also thinking, how can I add value to this person? You know, know, networking is a two-way street. So not only thinking, what can they do for me, but what can I do for them? Um, And just being really, I guess, intentional about the networking stuff that you do go to. Mm,
0: I love that. I love the part like you always have to ask yourself, what value can I give to this person before asking like, what can they offer me? Because that's super important. And maybe it depends on like what stage of life you're in. Because if you're very young, I think it's really helpful to go to those networking events because you're trying to find someone who can connect you to the right job. And I don't know, when you're young, you're more open. But I think so like for example you you're very like you'd have your th- your career set and networking is less important than like running your business or creating content right right and you know again you try to find the balance I mean I think if I was doing everything
1: like perfectly which of course mm-hmm. I never am um, I'd probably <laughs> be going to like one to two networking events a month and realistically I mm-hmm probably going to like maybe like one or two every five to six months, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I think that's something that I personally can improve on a little bit. Because I think, mm. like you said, like you never know who you're going to meet. And, you know, it's just good to be out there, like meeting new people, telling yeah. them what you're doing. So uh, yeah, it's, it's all about um, finding a balance. And then a quick tip for anybody listening who might be attending a networking event soon, do your research beforehand, know who's there and who you want to meet. Um, I think that's really big. If you go in with a list of, ooh, I saw this company is going to be there. I'm really going to try to meet this person. So again, you're going in very um, strategically, very intentionally. I think that's a great tip. And then also, so like I mentioned, I can get, you know, just like everyone else, I get a little lazy at night. I don't really (laughs) want to be out doing stuff. So Sometimes, what I'll do is I'll be like, okay, Lauren, self pep talk. And I'll <laughs> say, you have to meet five people, wow. get their business cards, and yeah. then you can go home. And it's kind of like <laughs> a game I play with myself. And then, yeah. if they don't give me my, their business card, I have to meet another person and another person. Oh my so gosh. So, give yourself a personal
0: goal. Yeah. I love that. Um, do you go to like conferences or those types of? Uh... I guess, industry events? Just curious. So I'd love to go to more of
1: them. I think the trap that I've fallen into, I wonder if you've experienced this a little bit too, is like I tend to go to these things when I'm a featured speaker. Mm, And so- then I'm there. But sometimes because I'm so in my own, you know, world yeah. and in my box, I'm just speaking and I'm not taking advantage of all the networking yeah. aspects of even, you know, conferences I'm speaking at. So yeah. I'd love to be at more. I randomly went to um, an entrepreneur magazine event in Los Angeles mm. in December. And, you know, I, a friend of mine was going to be there. So I went and it's not normally the thing that I would go to, but um, Apollo Ono, the Olympic guy, Mm. he was speaking on stage, and at the time, I was having a lot of trouble with some of my employees, and so I raised my hand and I was like, and I actually got really nervous because I normally don't ask questions in a big forum like that. And I asked for, um, I said, you know, I have an employee who's late every day. She's late. I've said it every way to her. Don't be late. Don't be late. She's always late. What do I do? And he said, you need to create a discipline plan. It should have three steps. The last step is you get fired and Mm -hmm. everybody needs to know about this discipline plan. And it was so helpful. I implemented it right away. That employee is no longer with us. Thank Uh... you very much. (laughs) you know, I really credit it to like going to that conference and showing
0: up. So I think these things can be really valuable regardless of where you're at in your career. Yeah, that made me reminded me that when I so I'll go to these like YouTube conventions. And sometimes I do network with the event attendees. But I think sometimes there's like speakers that I really, really enjoy. And usually I stay after their talk to like, listen to them. Usually there's like a group of people who like, ask them a lot of questions after the event so I don't know for anyone out there if you have like a person you really want to talk to like find out what event they're going to and then be that person to stay after and and ask them questions and then they'll actually remember your face yeah that's that's great yeah that's something that I'll do because I'm better with like a intimate setting I like I would never raise my hand in like a huge hall (laughs) yeah yeah but that's ballsy cool so let's talk about your third book I didn't realize you you had another one coming out so tell me all about it or whatever you can share
1: yeah absolutely so um it's called get it I have a funny story I'll tell you too so it's okay. called get it together and I w- it doesn't come out until October 19th so everybody mm. stay tuned it'll come out yeah. um it'll come out in a few months but um comes out in October it's called get it together and the concept is ditch the chaos do the work design your success. And I, I feel like a lot of your content is actually really relevant. Because you know, I, I know you've done a lot of content about just like relaxation and kind of like doing you in a way. Yeah. And one of the I yeah. wanted to write the book because I just felt like life was and is turning into this busy contest. Everybody's too busy for each other. Mm-hmm. And maybe I have an exaggerated version of this in Los Angeles because my friends work in Hollywood. But it's like a constant busy contest. And I didn't want to play anymore. And I felt like I felt myself second guessing my life and my day to day because other people kept telling me how busy they were. And I would think, Am I busy enough? Am I doing enough? Are they more important because they're busier? You know, and um, I really felt like it was an unhealthy pattern. So I wanted to write something that was sort of um, my take on how to get over all this busy and how to take control of our own life, so that mm. we control our time yeah. and our calendars don't. <laughs> yeah. So I love um, that. you know, it was an interesting book, and it's about you know getting it together at work, at home, at the gym, all of that stuff. And um, one of my personal learnings from it was that you know I'm writing this book about all this great advice about how to make the most of your time and how to reach your goals and not be too busy and blah, blah, blah. And I would constantly fail. I would write a chapter. I would Mm -hmm. try to follow my own advice, and then I would fail. And I realized that I also (laughs) needed to include a chapter on dealing with failure. Because even, you know, everyone has a day where you say, ooh, I'm going to wake up early tomorrow morning and get work done or go to the gym. The next morning rolls around and you don't do it. And then it feels like Mm -hmm. the end of the world. You have to deal with that failure. And so it it was a really interesting journey for me personally and still is. Um, Funny story, the author here of Get It Together definitely is in New York City today and definitely lost her ID. Wait, why? (laughs) Yeah, I'm in New York right now while I do this interview and I lost my ID earlier. I was being a not smart person and was keeping it in my jacket pocket. And of course, I go into like a huge meeting this morning to the security desk. I don't have it. Oh, no. And so I've called everywhere, I can't find it. But like, this is kind of what I talk about in the book. It's like, okay, so you're at this crossroads. And I'm here right now where, <laughs> you know, I choose how the rest of my day is going to go. Am I going to be in a bad mood and treat everybody terribly because I'm mad at myself mm. <laughs> for losing my ID? Or am I going to like, realize that it's not the end of the world? Yeah, and there's steps I can be cool. directed by, right? Yeah. And so it, it's kind of funny, you know, that here I am, preaching to get it together lifestyle, and then you lose your ID. So I think the moral of the story is it's always a work in progress. And you know, you're always trying to do better.
0: Yeah, no, even everything that you teach, it's you share it because you have to learn it yourself. I mean, nobody's perfect. Everything that I teach, like I personally have to keep learning it over and over again, too. So It's all good. I do love the concept of your book because I because I live in LA too. I fall into the trap of feeling like comparing the busyness between people. Like you see this person doing so much, and you're like, oh my god, am I not doing enough? Oh yeah. Right, like people. I don't know. There, there is that. So, what is your best tip on getting over that need to compare yourself or feel like you know you're maybe. I don't know, your, your self-worth is reliant on how busy or productive you are.
1: Yeah, I would say like the three tips that come to mind. One is unfollow anyone that gives you a stomach ache on Instagram. Like just stop following them. Mm. Like you can look them up if you need yeah. to, but like stop following them. They don't need to come up on your feed the first thing in the morning. My second thing is yeah. don't scroll on Instagram as you're going to bed. Like we <laughs> all do it. And it just Mm. has to stop because everyone has something, right? Everyone finds either the girl, their ex-boyfriend's dating, or a blogger that they feel competitive with, or a brand that's doing something similar to them. And for some reason you always see it right when you're trying to go to bed. Mm. And now you're anxious and can't fall asleep, right? And you have all this self-doubt. So I think just like Mm. have an off time for me when I literally when I get in bed, I'm only allowed to my personal rule is I'm allowed to read a book on my phone. I'm allowed to scroll TMZ because that doesn't give me a stomachache. And I'm allowed to like shop on Nordstrom.com and just like scroll, you know? But like that's it. So I think that is really helpful. Yeah. And the other is like take a deep breath, see what's on your to-do list and accomplish something. Usually, if I'm upset, if I'm feeling jealous, mm-hmm. if I'm trying to get over a rejection, which happens all the time. Just accomplishing something, mm-hmm. the art of like crossing something off on your to-do list, For that's just something that yeah, it makes you kind feel of better. helps me snap out of that. You know, that I call it in my book,
0: I call it the anger box. Wow. <laughs> just kind of helps you snap out of it. Yeah. Thanks for those tips. But lastly, something I want to ask you about is about time management, because <laughs> I think everyone struggles with time management. But are there any things that you've done that have changed your routine that just make you more effective? Huh. It's a great question. Yeah. One of one of my goals for this year was to do more work
1: during work time. I felt like mm-hmm. I was I was working like physically in my office or at home, whatever, for a good eight hours a day, but I was not finishing tasks. So instead I was mm-hmm. having to wake up early and work to stay up late and work. And it was just yeah. too much work. And I felt like, what what's happening here? Why can't I be more efficient with, you know, the eight hours or however many it is that yeah. I'm sitting at my desk all day? So one thing I did is kind of like a time evaluation exercise. I really just looked at how my time was being spent on my, you know, on my own like outlook calendar and tried to like repurpose things a little bit. I don't need to have four like, not important calls on the same day. You know, we all do favor calls and help people mm. and this and that and mm-hmm. listen to people's pitches, but like that doesn't have to, you don't have to have four of them in a day. So just really looking at your time every yeah. day, I literally made a list of how I want to spend my time. Like what should the percentage breakdown be between mm. me doing outgoing sales, mm. me doing PR, me collaborating with other people? Like what is that breakdown? And I try to make sure that my calendar reflects that. Yeah. Um, and the other two things I'll tell you, one is making it to do list like when I'm done with work for the day. Like the way that I sort of like sign out is I make my to do list and I lock in my calendar for the following day. So I think yeah, that's been yeah. really helpful. Love I it. try to confirm all my calls the day before because you know mm-hmm. canceled calls and meetings can really throw off your day. So yeah, I try to do that. And then finally, um, I got a pair of Beats headphones for Christmas slash Hanukkah, and. Mm-hmm. Um, they and they don't have to be beats headphones they can be whatever i got a very cool gold pair (laughs) but um (laughs) just the idea of putting like even when i'm in the office i i was getting a lot of questions you know like i would sit down to do a project and then questions start and your phone goes off and you just can't get anything done but i found that just by putting on the headphones it's kind of a sign to the people around you to stop bothering you and like when i have my big headphones on i'm not going to answer my phone i'm less likely to text And so for me, that really helped me find what I'd call my distraction-free zone. So I encourage everybody Mm -hmm. to find your version of the distraction-free zone. I mean, writing a book in 2018 was very difficult. It was much more difficult than it was, you know, five years ago. And I think it's because of all the interruptions and all the noise and all the chaos. You can't get anything done.
0: Wow. Yeah, I'm sure you're much busier now than you were before. But that's a great idea just to have headphones on because it physically like blocks the outside distractions. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if people see you with headphones on, they kind of do like a double take like
0: they they don't interrupt (laughs) you as quickly. They do more of like, oh, are you busy? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. If it's not important, don't bother her. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. So, do you have any last pieces of advice for our listeners out there who are just struggling to get their dream career?
1: Yeah, I would just say that, you know, it is all possible. I talk to so many girls and guys that are senior year of college. They're, you know, it's what month are we in? It's like, you know, April, May right now. Everyone's okay. losing their mind about graduation, flipping out. And oh, I've been doing this now for 10 years. Let me tell you, everybody gets a job like you will get your job. It might take three months, it might take six months, it might take a year, but you're gonna get your job. Don't worry about it. So try to take that pressure off of yourself, enjoy the end of college and you, know, you will find that job yeah. as long as you're really motivated and focused. And then I'm here to help everybody. It's totally
0: free. So please follow me. Um, It's at internqueen on Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. This was such a good talk. And I'm sure everyone out there gained something. So everyone out there, make sure you follow Lauren Berger at internqueen. Her website is internqueen.com. She's the best. Have a great day. Bye. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavendaire Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. It helps us so much and also helps other people find the show. You can also catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavendaire, where I have even more content for the artist of life. Love you all so much. Bye.